0: Good evening, 3 Circle Church, and welcome back to our midweek gathering as we continue our study in Philippians. My name is Megan Brown and I'm honored to be here with you guys tonight or whenever you're watching this. It's been it's a joy to to be here with you guys and just kind of dive into this series on Philippians. It's been an awesome series just kind of walking through this book that Paul has written and kind of just learning from it. It's full of encouragement and things for us to take from this scripture and applied directly to our life. And so this week we're going to jump right in to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. So if you have your Bible with you there, maybe your phone, just go ahead and pull it out and you can follow along as we read here. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 16 says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me, Only let us live up to what we have already attained. And so I love this set of verses for a lot of reasons in the book of Philippians. And I love Paul as a writer because so often he he takes what he is teaching and he kind of puts it into this imagery. And, and here I kind of think of it as if it's a sports imagery or like running a race or something where someone has like a goal in mind or the end in mind. So I think of maybe like a runner. If you ever run a race before, maybe in kindergarten when you had to run laps around the school playground or whatever it was, you never really looked behind you. Like you always look towards a finish line. You look towards something that was ahead. And this is kind of what Paul is showing us here is that this call, we, got, we have to have this goal in mind and to live our life and kind of live in line with that, pursuing something, pursuing that goal in mind. I kind of have someone in, in, in mind that would do whatever it takes to accomplish a goal. And I love the determination in this verse. I love the focus and I love learning from it. So if this instruction can be applied to our life today, let's see what we can learn from it. We'll start with verse 12. It says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So most theologians think that when Paul was writing this, he had already been a believer, a Christian for 25 years. And so he had done a lot of ministry. He had done a lot of great things for the kingdom of God. And here he is in these verses, and he's basically, he's saying, I have not attained the goal. I have not arrived. I have not accomplished everything that God has set before me. But he's also saying, I also do not fully comprehend the glory and the majesty of the person of Jesus Christ. He can't fully grasp the glory and the hugeness of God. He says, I have not yet arrived. And for me, like if you're anything like me, some of verses like this can be a little bit hard to swallow because I'm like, I like to set goals and I like to kind of figure out how to get there and achieve goals. And so hearing a verse like this, which you're like, oh, you can never fully attain this goal on this side of heaven can kind of be discouraging in a way because I, I, I'm i a perfectionist if I'm honest, but it can be a little hard to to see that you can't fully attain these goals, And even after Paul has been a believer for 25 years, he's still not arrived. He's still not there. So maybe what we can learn from Paul here is that our faith journey is more about our progress than our perfection. So we can let our perfection rest in the work of Jesus on the cross. But we as believers have to look at our progress. We have to look at our individual pursuit of the goal. And so the world that we live in, we can get pretty caught up in the idea of perfection. I work with high schoolers so I totally get this and you know, they live in a social media world and so if their Instagram post doesn't have the right filter or the right angle or the right number of likes or the right amount of appropriate comments or, or whatever, it's a complete failure. Not to mention the pressure that comes with getting into the right school or having the right score on the ACT but the truth is this doesn't always end with high schoolers. Like we can carry this on into our adult years. We could play the comparison game and trying to achieve that perfection for years and years after high school. Like we live in this digital age where it's very easy to compare our seemingly imperfect life with those that we see on social media or to compare what we're doing or our vacations or our messy house or whatever, to to other people's, what we like to constitute ministry, their highlight reel. So all of these things that they've allowed us to see on social media compared to our life. And we can get discouraged about our progress because we are looking at other people's perfection. And so this can happen in our spiritual lives too, if you think about it, because the same type of thing happens. We can look at perfection or this idea of, perfection, and we can get discouraged about our daily progress. And so I think what Paul's encouraging us to do here is to let our perfection rest again in the work of Jesus, but to take this daily discipline, to look at a goal and to make progress each and every day, to press on towards the goal and find a way each and every day to, pro- to progress towards that goal. And then in the next few verses, Paul continues. He says, "'Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But the one thing that I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus.'" And so I love this portion right here because it kind of goes back into that race imagery and always looking forward toward a finish line. Like you never look backwards in a race or you're always looking toward that end goal, that finish line. So why is this important to you and I? How can we apply this to our lives? See, as believers, if we're too focused on our past, sometimes it can rob us of what God wants to do in our future. Both nostalgia and regret can rob us of what God wants to do in our future days. Think about it for just a minute. If we're always so nostalgic about the good old days or the way things used to be, especially right now in the time that we find ourselves in, we can spend a lot of time thinking about how amazing things used to be or I just can't wait till we get back to how things used to be. And if we're not careful, that nostalgia about how great it used to be can keep us from going to where God is calling us to be in our present. And the other thing that can kind of rob us of that, you know, the future, those future plans that God has for us is regret. So if we have too much shame or regret about our past, we will never know, we will fear what God has for our future because we will feel insignificant or underqualified. And we will always be thinking about our past instead of looking forward to our future. And Paul tells us we have to forget these things that lie behind us and keep our eye on the finish line, press on toward the goal, which God has given us. He tells us what the goal is. So I love this part because it's a clear definition of our goal. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The goal, the prize is our call heavenward. A few years ago i went to this big conference in uh here with three circle and listened to a bunch of incredible communicators and it's if you've ever been to anything like that it's like a ton of like incredibly gifted people giving you a bunch of information and it's like all at one time and you're trying to soak it all in and learn from them and kind of remember it all because you want to take it home and change the world but one one in particular was this guy his really gifted communicator he he was giving this teaching And he said one simple truth. And every now and then, you'll hear hear a simple truth and it'll just stick with you. And that's kind of what happened to me uh, at this conference. And he simply said, he said, what if we all just did what was important to God today? And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I you know, in our life right now, especially, you know, things come at you so fast and our schedules can fill up and our, our days can fill up. And sometimes you just look at your day and you're like, that was chaos. And I don't even know what I accomplished. And so I begin to kind of look at my life and the things that were a priority to me and that I made priority. And I begin to think about if those things were also important to God or if they had value in the kingdom of God. And this was like a pivot moment for me. Uh, It was a moment where it helped me take a lot of things off of my schedule or off of my plate because they weren't really important in the kingdom of God. And I think if we were to take a look and take inventory of our lives, there are probably several things that we spend a lot of time doing that aren't truly important in the kingdom of God. And I think that's what Paul is saying here, that we have to press on towards this goal, this call heavenward. We have to be kingdom minded each day. And that this means sometimes some things that might be important to us, maybe they shouldn't be. Do our priorities really matter in the kingdom of God? Are we doing what is important to God? Maybe it looks like this for you. Maybe the conversation you're going to have with your neighbor in the next few days. Maybe that's the most important thing that you will do today. Maybe the instruction and the correction and the grace and the love that you're showing to your kids time and time and time again is the most important work that you will do today. Maybe it's a phone call for reconciliation. Maybe that's the most important work that you will do today. Maybe it's waking up early to spend time in God's Word. That might be the most important 30 minutes of your entire day. What if we all began to realign our lives to press on toward the goal of our call heavenward, to be kingdom-minded and to do what is important to God today. And lastly, as Paul wraps up here, he says, "'All of us then who are mature "'should take such a view of things. "'And if on some point you think differently, "'that too God will make clear to you. "'Only let us live up to what we have already attained.'" So here Paul is is encouraging the Philippians to listen to everything that he has taught them and to put it into practice, to listen to this instruction and then to come together in unity and have the same mindset to realize that we are not perfect. We're not going to get everything perfect all the time, but that God is at work in our hearts and our minds that we have not arrived, but we must in unity keep striving toward the goal. Now, I love this part because it calls us to unity as a church, but it also calls us to take care of our own personal walk with the Lord. And so I kind of see it like this. Bear with me for a minute. It's, it's kind of like one of those movies where you have like, it's like set in the Roman empire and you have like an army coming to attack uh, Roman soldiers or, or whatever, and they have these shields, right? So they have their shields, armies coming in to attack, and they all like line up in defense. But when they line up in defense, they hold up their shield and they make this giant wall of defense. You've probably seen it in a movie or a picture of it somewhere, but it's like pretty incredible. Like it's this tactic of defense that makes this fortified wall, unified wall. And to me, that's what this is kind of talking about right here. It's, it's saying basically, yes, we have to have this unity as a body of believers, but in order for that unity to work, we all have to do our part. We all have to hold up our shield and our part, as Paul is calling us to do here is to take care of our own personal walk with the Lord. So in order to have unity as a church, as individual believers, we have to pursue our own personal faith. We must each be growing, pursuing, and being sanctified each and every day. So now, friends, what does all of this mean for us? If I'm honest with you, this time that we kind of find ourselves in can feel super chaotic, and it can feel like it's out of control at times, and This set of scripture, this set of verses kind of spoke to my soul, if you will. It's it's kind of like the other day I was feeling just overwhelmed about the circumstances we find ourselves in at the state of the world. You have a global pandemic and you have social injustice and then we don't know if we're going back to school or if we are going back to school, what it's gonna look like. We just don't know what our future looks like and it can feel a little bit chaotic or a little bit out of control And sometimes when I get a little overwhelmed, the thing I like to do is I like to go for a run and know it sounds crazy, but it's just like my time. Like I can clear my head and I can pray and um, I can just think things through. And so I did that. I went for a run and I just kind of praying like, God, I wish I could just change the world. I wish I could just change something. Like I wish I could figure out a way to make a difference and make an impact and and change our circumstance. Like get us out of the situation that we're in. And it, through praying, it was almost like I came to this realization that like I can't change the world, obviously, but I do have this control over my corner of the world. So I can look at the places where I have influence, like with my kids or with my neighbors or with my family, and I can change that corner of the world. I can course correct. I can redirect. I can help them follow the Lord, and and look to God's word for truth. And I can kind of just reassure those things in their life. And while I can't control our circumstance, I can control how we respond to those circumstances. So what I mean, Three Circle Family, is this is where we are. But what I know is that God is not done working. He is not done moving. This has not caught him by surprise. But we must not be nostalgic about our past. We must press on toward our future. We may not can change our surroundings, but we can refocus to do what is important to God today. We can take up our shield and fight for our own personal faith. We can fight for the faith of our families, our neighbors, our friends. We can make a difference in our corner of the world. Grandparents watching today, your grandkids need you. They need you to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. They need you to point future generations to a way that honors God. They need you to press on. They need you to do what is important to God today. <clears throat> and they need you to pick up your shield and fight for your faith. Parents, your families need you. They need you to have a strong walk with the Lord. Your kids need to see you live out your faith in a way that looks different and makes an impact. We know it's been hard lately, but don't give up. Press on, do what is important to God today and pick up your shield and fight for your faith. Young adults, you may have more influence right now than ever before. The world is more digital right now than it's ever been and you know the most about it. Do what is important to God today. Develop your own personal faith not the faith of the media, not the faith of your parents. Go to God's word for direction, for hope, and for purpose. Press on, do what is important to God today and pick up your shield and fight for your faith. Three circle, let us be this unified body. Let us be a church that presses on, that aligns our focus to not look at the world and what it sees, but to do what is important to God, to take responsibility for our own personal faith And to pick up our shield let's do our part to be a unified body let me pray for you father we thank you for your word here in philippians and we are encouraged by it we are challenged by it and we pray that we begin to live this out that we would take our own personal faith seriously that we would align our will, your will with our will, Father, and that we would do what is important to you. And we take inventory of the things that fill our schedule, that take our attention, our affection, and that we would do the things that you've called us to do and that we would not be too nostalgic about the past, but that we would press on to the goal that you've called us to. We thank you for this word and we thank you for how it challenges us and moves us. And it's in your name we pray, amen.